The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One moment, a business is on top of its game, profitable and well-respected. In the next moment, it could be the victim of a major fraud with potentially catastrophic consequences, financial losses, damaged reputation, diminished stakeholder value, scrutiny, even bankruptcy. These stories are all too common in today's business headlines. While some organizations recover, others don't make it. How do you minimize the risk of fraud and avoid the devastation? Welcome to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Our goal is to prevent your organization from becoming one of the statistics. Now, here is Chris Marquet. Good morning, Fraud Talkers. Uh, I am your host, Chris Marquet, and we are on the Voice America Business Channel, uh, and this is Fraud Talk. Um, we've got another terrific show for you today. The discussion is going to be all about relationship fraud. This is a little bit of a departure from some of the stuff we've been talking about uh, recently in corporate uh, corporate America, but uh, but we've all had friends or experienced directly, you know, family friends. Friends or ourselves, you know, cases where a love interest turns out to be not exactly who they claim to be, and there's, you know, some hidden secret or something that haunts or destroys a marriage or a relationship or some some sort of devastation. I love that word uh, that occurs uh, occurs. And uh, so my guest today is matrimonial attorney extraordinaire uh, Nancy Aldrich from Westport, Connecticut, of the law firm Aldrich and Aldrich. And we're going to get to Nancy shortly. But first, uh, remember, folks, Fraud Talk is here to help educate people, educate the business community about the perils and pitfalls of fraud in today's economy and what to do about it. And we're here to help uh, tamp it down and squelch it and shed some light on it and hopefully stem the tide of fraud a little bit in our own our own little way. Remember, the call-in line to the program today, 866-472-5790, if you would like to join the, the discussion or have a question. And you can find me on all the major social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, and check out my blog, Fraud Talk on blog, Blogspot. Uh, you can contact me directly at chris at marquetinternational.com, all one word, M-A-R-Q-U-E-T. If you've got a comment, question, or suggested fraud of the week, which we are actually going to skip this week because I have an announcement. And that is, at long last, finally released the latest uh, Marquet Report on Embezzlement, uh, which is now a 50-page tome uh, that will should be up on our website uh, later today. If not, uh, you can email me and I'll send you a copy. Uh, and I know, I know, this thing should have been out last April, maybe May. Last year we put it out in May, mid-May or so. Uh, but uh, my bad, you know, this, this thing is, a, this annual project is a labor of love and I I had some intense casework uh, at that time, and I just kept pushing it back and pushing it back through the summer, and then it kept dogging me. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I ended up uh, enlisting the help of a doctor of Dr. Kelly Pope, uh, who's been a guest on this program before. Uh, she's a professor of accounting at DePaul University, 
and she had offered to help us. She said, you know, she's got her 40 graduate students in forensic accounting and helped me, offered to help me gather the data, which was critical. So, because it's just a huge amount of effort, huge amount of research that goes into this thing. And uh, so I used uh, Dr. Pope and her 40 odd grad students, and I want to thank them specifically for helping me get this stuff together. And then um, I was able to crunch all the numbers and crunch all the data and, and uh, pump out the report. Hopefully, it's something I think, frankly, I think it's uh, our best report yet. Um, but I want to just quickly give a few highlights just to uh, tantalize all you fraud geeks out there. I know, I know. Who's calling who a fraud geek here? Um, the 2013 Marquet Report on Embezzlement, uh, which you can, again, you, you should be able to download it from our website, marquetinternational.com, or email me at chris at marquetinternational.com, and I will send you a copy. But just a few highlights here before I, I bring in Nancy. Uh, number one, we had a 5% increase in the major embezzlement cases uh, from from the prior year, and the, when I say major embezzlement cases, these are cases over hundred thousand uh, dollars in theft in the United States. So we, you know, the threshold is not entirely arbitrary. I picked that number because you know if I were trying to figure out all the cases that went down to fifty thousand dollars, I'd never do anything. Uh, it's just so much of it. So we had five hundred and fifty four cases in the in the study, uh, which as opposed to five hundred twenty eight from the year before and uh, again that's a five percent increase so this has been a, over the last six years that we've been doing this report a six you know this this thing six years uh, it just keeps going up and up and up and 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 when you look at that rate I mean it's just phenomenal to me it's it's always shocking how much of this stuff is going on ten and a half cases a week major cases a hundred thousand dollars or more stolen from companies uh, in the United States. And that's just stuff that just keeps popping up and popping up and popping up. So uh, it's incredible. Uh, I do promise we'll begin to be getting the the 2014 report out at the end of the first quarter in 2015 and I promise uh, I'm making that commitment to get that done. So um, a few little tidbits here. Women steal more frequently than men. That's something we've seen all along. But men steal a lot more than women, you know, twice as much or more uh, on the average. Uh, Vermont, uh, I love Vermont. I love the Green Mountain State. But uh, they topped the list this year. Again, this is the third time they've been at the top of the list of highest risk states in the nation for embezzlement. And uh, again, three out of six years. There's something going on. There's something in the water up there in the Green Mountain State. I love it dearly. But uh, uh, I don't know what's going on, but there sure is a lot of employee theft going on. Um, more, uh, the most common method of embezzlement was forged or unauthorized checks. Again, uh, we've seen this every year in the study. Most frequent victim group was financial institutions. Uh, again, no surprise. That's where the money is, right? Um, and uh, government entities came in second, nonprofits and religious organizations third, etc. You guys can check out the report. There's a lot of, it's just chock-a-block full of data uh, and I think uh, a, a fascinating read to, to you various uh, fraud geeks. The average duration of these major embezzlements again, there's 100 grand or more stolen from a company or organization 4.7 years, so these things go on and on and on the average length of these things, 4.7 years, just going on under people's noses you know, I think there are two cases that lasted 21 years it's just staggering so, anyway 
those are some tidbits. I want you to go get the report or email me. I'll send it to you, and uh, we're going to talk more about the, the report in, in, uh, in future uh, segments. But I want to bring in Nancy Aldrich. Nancy, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> You're right. So uh, we, you know, uh, I've known you, just full disclosure here, people, I think I've known Nancy's from 1979, 1980 time frame, way back when uh, uh, Nancy now is a lawyer practicing uh, family law. Uh, matrimonial law uh, in Westport, Connecticut, and uh, she's focused in Fairfield County uh, and is probably one of the best uh, divorce lawyers in the country, for that matter. Uh, so if you're based down there and you got an issue, call Nancy out of Westport. Uh, and uh, But I want to tell you a little bit about Nancy's uh, background. I, I've, I've known you, Nance, since, what, 80? Uh, yeah. It turns yeah, out um, uh, back, you, 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 you had days. good friends from Mount Holyoke that you, you that, that went to Wellesley College, and I was dating a woman from there. I ended up marrying uh, another woman from Wellesley College who you got to be very good friends with, yeah. et cetera. So thankfully, I haven't had to use your services. You'd have a conflict <laughs> of interest in any event, correct? I would. I would. <laughs> I would do That's right. I would do it. Yeah, so, so let me just read Nancy's bio. Uh, Nancy, Attorney Nancy Aldrich is an experienced litigator whose practice has, has a strong emphasis on divorce and family law. She has tried many cases in her practice, including jury trials uh, involving medical malpractice claims, as well as criminal cases. She also has successfully argued cases before the appellate court in Connecticut. Uh, the ma- majority of her practice now, however, focuses on family law, and she continues to litigate uh, difficult, uh, complex divorce cases in courts in Stanford, Bridgeport, Dan- uh, Danbury, Milford, and Middletown. Uh, Nancy Aldis received her undergraduate degree from Mount Holyoke College in 1981, and she received her Juris Doctorate from Suffolk Law School in Boston in 1985. She's admitted to the bar in Connecticut in 1986. She's a member of the Connecticut Bar Association, and she also serves as a special master in Stanford and Bridgeport courts on family law cases. Uh, in addition to serving clients as a traditional family law advocate, attorney uh, Nancy Aldris is also trained as a collaborative divorce practitioner. So, welcome, Nancy. Thank you. That was uh, that was pretty inclusive, Chris. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, I mean, how did you? You know, you came out of law school. How did you decide ultimately you were going to practice in the family law arena? Well, I didn't know I was going to focus in the family law area. However, I always knew I wanted to be my own boss and have my own firm. So in, um, when you're in private practice, really, the, I, have, I learned over the years that, and I've been doing this now since 1986, that um, I started with a firm. And um, when you're in a small practice in a town, you know, rather than a city, what the, the most lucrative and, and kind of recession-proof business is family law, specifically divorce. Um, and especially in affluent areas, this is uh, something that I knew I could make a living doing, and also I found that I did uh, well and I liked, uh, because it involves lots of areas of expertise, including, um, you know, a therapeutic side and helping people and hand-holding that comes with that, as well as um, trial law, which I really, really like, and you get a lot of trial experience in divorce courts. So, you, uh, unlike you, many other areas of law. 
And but but you're so so you like have to be an amateur psychologist in in some of the work you do. Uh, oh, yeah. but, and before yeah. I get to that, you have it's a very interesting practice because you actually joined up with your brother, who's also a lawyer, who yeah. had, who whose practice is really in the corporate and litigation world. Yeah. Uh, and so your practice, Aldrich and Aldrich, which by the way you can go to www.aldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichaldrichald
Our highly competitive business world is fraught with risks and challenges. Critical business decisions must be made on a daily basis with precision when significant capital is at risk. When your organization is faced with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Marquet International, global experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Marquet International professionals assist organizations with vetting key individuals and businesses as well as conducting sensitive employee or executive misconduct investigations. Our experts work with corporate counsel to develop facts and intelligence related to parties and circumstances in litigation, including conducting interviews, deep background investigations, and asset recovery inquiries. We are recognized in the area of fraud investigations, response and business controls consulting. When circumstances require sensitive and and professional fact-finding, turn to Marquet International, world leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit MarquetInternational.com or call 617-733-3304. Workplaces are only as strong as their teams. Teams are only as strong as their individual members. Are you seeking a better way to take your business to a higher level? We're here to help. Listen for Leading with Social-Emotional Intelligence, Building Trust Through Intentionality and Vulnerability with host Glenn Harris. Together, we'll explore the five key behaviors of a cohesive team and other concepts designed to keep your team working smarter. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Fraud Talk with Chris Marquet. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to Chris at marquetinternational.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at M-A-R-Q-U-E-T international.com. Now, back to Fraud Talk. And welcome back, you fraud geeks out there. Uh, I am your host, Chris Marquet, and we are talking today with my special guest, Nancy Aldrich. She is an attorney in Westport, Connecticut, with the law firm of Aldrich and Aldrich, and uh, she is a she specializes in divorce law primarily. And frankly, uh, this is just not me. This is she is one of the best divorce lawyers in the country. Uh, handles uh, lots of very complex, uh, high dollar, uh, nasty, some not so nasty, interesting divorce cases uh, out of Fairfield County, Connecticut, and elsewhere throughout Connecticut. Uh, And uh, welcome back, Nancy. Thank you, Chris. You know, this past weekend... we were talk, I was with uh, my wife. We were talking with some friends who were telling us about a story about somebody we actually knew, a mutual friend, who, uh, a man who's now in his uh, early 60s. He, he apparently he goes to uh, a certain Asian country uh, to get some plastic surgery done. Turns out he falls in love with his doctor, you know, uh, brings this woman uh, back to the United States, marries her, she gets pregnant. Turns out this woman wasn't a doctor at all. She's a She's, a, she's just a massive fraud. I don't know how he, she did the or performed the, the, the surgery, the plastic right. surgery. Uh, but now that she's got this anchor baby, and uh, it's, a, it's a mess right now. I mean, this stuff happens a lot, doesn't it, Nancy? Yes. 
Oh, it does. A lot of fraud. A lot of people pretending to be someone they're not. And also during the divorce process, a lot of fraud that goes on because it's a natural thing that people who are not honest do to hide assets and divert assets and lie about things. But yes, there's going into a relationship and having fraud and then there's getting out of a relationship and finding fraud. So fraud is a big part of relationships, (laughs) I would say. I mean, and and I I, mean, I actually started a whole business. It's called Check Out Your Partner. You can go to checkoutyourpartner.com to check this out. I was getting calls from, you know, my clients, the, you know, CEOs, general counsel, uh, big attorneys all over the country, wherever, calling me and say, hey, Chris, you know, I've got this. I, I, I think my wife is cheating on me or I, or I think my husband is cheating or my daughter is getting involved in a relationship with this guy. I think he's a, he is full of you know what can you check them out and so i start and i mean sort of all i've been sort of doing this as favors for years uh wow. an investigative thing doing these background checks on you know on you know on love interests basically or in, in divorce cases and and whatnot and so i said hey you know um I can just, you know, maybe I should just make this a, a practice area of, of my business. So I started Check Out Your Partner, uh, which, you know, ba- that's all his focus is, is doing, you know, basically vetting of various, of love. And you meet somebody online, you know, who the heck are they? You know, I've been engaged by family members to check out other, you know, they're, you know, I'm worried about my sister. She's getting involved with this guy. I think he's a fraud kind of thing. And and be- most of the time, I mean, your tummy is right. Uh, the Am I am I wrong about this, Nancy? Right. No, no, you're right. And I wish uh, people hired you more before they got into a relationship because if you have a gut feeling that something's wrong, uh, I can't tell you how many times when I'm getting on the other end of it when people come in and get divorced and say, I knew something wasn't right, and uh, you know, but I married him or her anyway. And then if they hired you <laughs> to do kind of a little background search, they would have found some things. Uh, oftentimes people come into a relationship and have no idea, past criminal record, past you know, history of, um, you know, constant loss, losing of jobs for who knows what reason, or a strange, you know, a relationship, other kids, family history, family history of mental illness, all undisclosed things that you bring in um, required to a marriage that really should be disclosed before you get married. Um, yeah. So that would be a helpful thing to have. Or, they, uh, my or, they, or they're not really into either, uh, you know, the male or the female, even though they're marrying that opposite Correct. sex. So you look, you look at your practice, Nancy, and you, you know, what, what, what percent would you say just, just anecdotally based on your practice, mm-hmm. you know, what percentage of marriage would you say involves some sort of a fraud going into the thing? And does that necessarily cause the complete breakdown of the marriage or can these things be saved? I mean, um, like I said, yeah, I, mean, I would say going into the marriage, it's not so, um, it's not as common. I would say maybe 20%, if I had to put a percent of my cases, they say, um, you know, they find out something where they did, that they didn't know uh, during the marriage that if they'd known prior to the marriage, they might not have gotten involved in the marriage. So there is definitely some of that. And but then there's, there's a lot that or, goes on during the marriage that, that yeah. is hidden. Yeah. Correct. And then, the, and then there's the, the fraud during the divorce, right? So there's kind of the three periods of time that could be fraud prior to the marriage without telling you, which happens in, in some. During the marriage, which happens frequently and, ca- and often causes the divorce, uh, more more common than than, not, than the pre-marriage stuff. And then there's during the divorce where uh, that happens also pretty frequently because people try to hide assets and get rid of assets and 
you know, um, all kinds of things like that. I tried to deposit boxes and jam cash into it and do all kinds of things to defraud their spouse of money. You know, for the yeah, and I, and I want to talk about that um, that third. I want to talk more about that third factor: the uh, fraud in the divorce and the hiding of the assets. Uh, 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 maybe in a, probably in a later segment. But I want to ask you. Uh, so, so going into, I mean, we have, um, you know, do do these parties are are they cheating emotionally as well as physically? I mean, I mean, I would imagine yeah. there's a lot more cheating yeah. emotionally that goes on than necessarily physically. Yeah, I think that uh, there's plenty of physical, obviously, uh, cheating, right? And and some of it meaningless, and some and those are the ones that usually get past that, and actually it, it seems that they can work through it and not have to get divorced. But the ones that involve an emotional component or are uh, even strictly a, an emotional component um, that will probably lead to something else are the most, seem to be the most damaging. Um, and I think that that's something people can't get past because to leave a partner emotionally during a marriage and reach out to somebody through and you can, and this is where you would come in and where I've hired people to, um, find out about texts and phone calls and, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. And you see, you know, 50 texts in, you know, from one in the morning till three in the morning, that's an emotional connection. Um, they're home in their, in their bed with their part, with their you know spouse, but they're texting somebody else. Uh, and that's, um, often how people find out about this um, 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 some kind of emotional connection that's obviously inappropriate. Right. And, and with the opposite sex, you know. Right, right. Or the same sex. Or that's <laughs> that, true, too. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> that happens frequently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I've got uh, cases, and, and going back to the earlier point, is that if your tummy tells you something's wrong, something's probably wrong. I mean, I've had my share of paranoid clients who come in, I think this and that, I think somebody's bugging me, and we go do a sweep of the home and whatnot, and it's, you know, it's just they're being totally paranoid. Um, but right, and most I have some of, the, of those as well, but I, would, I agree with you, Chris, that for the most part, if your gut tells you that something's wrong, um, then something, and I tell my clients that, um, usually women are more intuitive. I hate, I hate to say it than men. And oh, you're right. Women, totally right. Guilty. Yeah. Go I on. Think women intuit that, uh, you know, there's something, there's something up. They don't know what, or either, um, there's a change in the clothing or, um, somebody lost weight or the hours are different or, you know, that they're keeping at work. But there's something, and um, they they feel it, and they're usually. I, I tell them when they feel that they're usually right, and we can either investigate it with a private investigator or do some of our own research. I have them do, which isn't too hard, you know. Check emails, text, things like that, um, and you know that's what we do. I, I have found in many cases that um, when the men are suspicious and there's some intuition, either or it's, it's obvious, men more often resort to actual. Um, self-help devices such as I've had many cases where men put GPS tracking devices on their wives' cars, which is not illegal in the state of Connecticut. Well, isn't it? I mean, does it matter if the vehicle is registered only in the spouse's yeah. name? Because I, no. I always, when I do these cases, you know, it's like if they, if you're, if you've got a legit, a legal right to access, meaning yeah. you either have an ownership interest or what have you, then you can do that kind of thing, yep. which I do, by yep. the way. <laughs> I'll put the tracker sure. on the vehicle, um, and uh, well, not me. I've got guys who do that, but. Um, 
and things like getting into the the phone records and that sort of thing but if it's if it's a phone that's like a company phone owned by the company the business the guy works for what have you uh or the woman um that gets into privacy areas that uh that you can't necessarily get around correct or i mean you certainly you could subpoena those things no um, well, often it's hard. Often companies don't comply with expense records, phone records, because that's that's the company's, um, you know, personal, um, you know, it's their property. And so it's not the husband's or the wife's property. So we often don't get always all that. I can, um, and I have subpoenaed companies and bosses, but, you know, when you're talking about doing that for the breadwinner, you don't want that person to get fired and you don't want to mess too much with their job. So you have to be a little bit careful about how you do that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you know what 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 I subpoena and what I don't subpoena. So there's always the other interest of the competing interests of, you know, getting my client what they need to know, but also not ruining um, somebody's you know the ability to earn money. Right, um, right. But of in course. the in the hacking department or the you know going in finding out stuff, there is uh, also the other thing that people do is they go into computers, and that's a whole specialized area of where you sure. have to be careful because. The rules around here, and I don't know where they are you know, in, in uh, Massachusetts or other states, is you can go in, if it's a family computer, and yep. you have had access before, you can certainly go into the emails of the other party. If it's a personal private computer and you hack the password, that's improper. But, for instance, yep. you can go in and you can take, you can download everything on their computer um, so, you know, there are a lot of rules and, and technical things that I usually involve experts on to make sure that if if that's happening, that we either know that that's wrong, that the other person is doing, or if my client comes to me and wants to do something, I have to make sure it's legal. So I always employ, you know, um, experts to make sure that uh, what is being done to, to determine if there is some kind of fraud going on, that that is legal. Yeah, so so I, I always will use computer forensics experts bringing yeah. in the, on these cases. You've got to have experts in that arena. You've got to be careful of the privacy laws, and it gets tricky when you're talking about a marriage and common uh, assets and whatnot. I'm sure that's really complex. Um, and but we're going to have to take a, a break here. Uh, okay. I just want to. I remember as we're talking, I I actually wrote an article called "Recognizing the Warning Signs of Infidelity," and I, yeah. there's a whole bunch of uh, points here. It's on my checkoutyourpartner.com uh, website for people who want to check it out, but I'll, I'll just quick highlight them when we come back in two minutes. Okay. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Our highly competitive business world is fraught with risks and challenges. Critical business decisions must be made on a daily basis with precision when significant capital is at risk. When your organization is faced with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Marquet International, global experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Marquet International professionals assist organizations with vetting key individuals and businesses as well as conducting sensitive employee or executive misconduct investigations. Our experts work with corporate counsel to develop 
develop facts and intelligence related to parties and circumstances in litigation, including conducting interviews, deep background investigations, and asset recovery inquiries. We are recognized in the area of fraud investigations, response and business controls consulting. When circumstances require sensitive and professional fact-finding, turn to Marquet International, world leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit MarquetInternational.com or call 617-733-3304. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned in to Fraud Talk with Chris Marquet. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to Chris at marquetinternational.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at M-A-R-Q-U-E-T international.com. Now, back to Fraud Talk. And welcome back, Fraud Talkers. Uh, I am your host, Chris Marquet, and I am speaking today with attorney Nancy Aldrich with the law firm of Aldrich & Aldrich in Westport, Connecticut. Her specialty is uh, matrimonial law, and she handles lots and lots of divorce cases, complex divorces, uh, very acrimonious divorces, uh, some hopefully not so acrimonious. This is is your busy time of the year, isn't it, Nancy? It is. It is. This is... uh, always tell people yeah, it's a time that uh, most businesses quiet down and the divorce business picks up because December is the year when people want to get divorced before the end of the year for various variety of tax reasons and they also can't stand to be in the marital home another Christmas with their spouse so everything goes a little bit and crazy and also custody issues around this time of year and then January is when everyone's New Year's resolution is to leave their spouse so that is a huge, huge influx of new cases. Wow. So, uh, but I thought I was more like, oh, you know, I want to give uh, the, my best gift, gift to my uh, whatever, my uh, mistress. <laughs> well, that could be too. Yeah, they want to get out so they can have the holiday with their mistress and you buy them the nice diamond ring or whatever it is that they want. How many cases, I mean, involve secret affairs, either online at work or with a neighbor? I mean, when, when you look at your divorce cases, what, what percentage involves that kind of well, fraud? Surprisingly, that's changed. I think. Um, Recently, in the past five years, I would say divorces around where I live are more financial, uh, financially based, and there is unhappiness regarding the financial, either um, you know the downturn, people men losing their jobs, things like that, or women not working, and that's frustrating to men when they need the, you know when they want the second income, or um, you know the the, the things uh, coming up with college and more often than not, it seems to be finances recently. However, I would say there's still always a component of the extramarital affair, which runs pretty much, I would say probably a third of my cases involve some kind of 
um, extramarital affair. But that may or may not have caused the breakdown of the marriage, by the way. And that's right. the key information that you need and a judge needs when you try the case. Did this extramarital affair break down the marriage? Or, which would be, um, then you would attribute fault, and that would impact the judge's, could impact the judge's decision. Or it could be that they say uh, it didn't, it, that had nothing to do with the breakdown. This went on for the last 10 years, and the spouse knew about it and didn't care. So therefore, yeah, you're not getting any any credit for that, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it could also still be a financial issue. I mean, that's interesting you say it's financial. It's like, you know, you get to a certain point where uh, there's a lifestyle level that uh, that one wants to maintain. And then, the, you know, the husband loses his job or vice versa and, and things, you know, college, you know, you, as you mentioned, kids are going off to college and really puts a lot of pressure on on yeah. the marriage with the financial problems. Right. I think uh, financial pressures are a big stressor in a marriage and people don't realize that maybe that and they think they'll get through that because love gets through everything. But um, those financial pressures are, are steep, especially when you're in a, you know, ta- areas like Fairfield County or areas, you know, every state, you know, fancy, you know, expensive areas in Massachusetts or California or wherever that is. And you have to, you know, you're living a certain lifestyle and suddenly the lifestyle changes and it's very hard for people to adapt. Not only right. spouses, but children, and it causes a lot of stress. In a, in a how, how many of these cases where somebody's been thinking about it for years, and they sort of start building up a nest egg, you know, fraudulently siphoning off some of their income or assets, and just putting it away on the side? I mean, do you see that happening? I do see that. I do see that. I um, I think that people often think about uh, doing things for years and and structure their lives accordingly. For instance, they may whether or not I'm not going to be gender specific, but somebody has the, the is the primary earner, and they know that after a 20 year marriage, that there's going to be an alimony component uh, in this case, um, in, in in a you know a divorce case. So they make plans to terminate the job prior to filing a divorce complaint, right? So that they don't have a large alimony award, and they suddenly take a much lower paying job or no job at all. Right. And uh, then file, or they, you know, move assets around, or they hide assets, or you know, uh, yeah. There, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that, and I and I think there are attorneys out there that they um, this isn't something I do. I don't strategize with people, you know, prior to and telling them what to do to defraud their clients. That's for sure. But I think there are, you know, I, su- I suspect that they're getting advice um, along the way as to how to minimize the financial impact of a divorce prior to doing it and many people do that right yeah and then you have to go and find these assets uh, yeah. after after the fact uh, or find evidence that you know money's been going to some other account i mean if you don't find it you know you're you're not you're you're sol basically that's right and it's very hard especially in international cases and i've had um i've had a couple of those um i've had quite a few of those where people Either one one of the parties is from another country, um, and even a European country doesn't have to be, you know, um, a country that's, uh, you know, it doesn't have a familiar monetary system to ours. But the fact that it's in another country means it's beyond subpoena power, and uh, I have to hire private investigators in another country, which I have done in several European countries to find assets. Sometimes I'm successful, and sometimes I'm not. Um, and that may mean that they don't have the money hidden, or that they still do, and I just haven't been able to get it. So, so uh, but some I have been happily successful a few times and found money that um, by hiring um, people in other countries and they have discovered bank accounts because their systems are different. They can go into 
I think um, other countries have different rules than we do, and they uh, their rules over there allow them sometimes to access to bank accounts that I wouldn't have access to here. Um, and we found uh, money for you know my clients, and that's been helpful. Yeah. Um, even if I can't bring those people in to testify, I can show provide the proof that I have at a trial, and that will mean the judge can say, okay, well, he's got you know a couple hundred thousand dollars in this country, therefore you're going to get you know. X number of dollars out of the house that you have in, you know, Fairfield, Connecticut, you know, Fairfield County, you know. Yeah, but like I mean, even if you get a judgment here in Fairfield County, Connecticut, uh, to enforce that judgment in, let's say, the Czech Republic, uh, you know, if you're trying to force uh, either some payments, ongoing payments uh, in, al- in, a, in the form of alimony or in the form of a lump sum, uh, that that doesn't necess- that's not necessarily an easy thing. Correct. Correct. Sometimes it's impossible. Sometimes it's doable. But it's always difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's always difficult. And for instance, when somebody is married to somebody who's who's foreign and has an alimony order, and I will uh, warn them that moving to another country, if they don't choose to see their children, is going to be very difficult, if not impossible, to get um, an ongoing alimony order that's enforceable and that we can collect. Uh, in this country, you can go anywhere, you know, you get a divorce in Connecticut, you go anywhere in the country and we'll be able to enforce an alimony payment and child support payment. You know, that's pretty easy. But in another country, it's not so easy. Yeah, and you mentioned also the privacy laws. There are, and, and folks, I do a lot of this international work, uh, and the the privacy laws vary from country to country. In the more developed countries, uh, Western Europe and the United States, Canada, et cetera, obviously they are much stronger, much more stringent uh, rules about getting into bank accounts and things like that. But when you get into some of these developing nations where the rules are different, it gets to be, uh, you know, it's, it's different. So, uh, depending on the jurisdiction, these kinds of investigations can be um, more easy or, or more difficult uh, as as it go, it goes from 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 country to country. Correct, um, correct. Na- Very Nancy, I just and I mentioned in the prior segment I talked about. Uh, I put. Posted on checkoutyourpartner.com an article uh, about a year ago or so um, about you know recognizing the warning signs of infidelity. You started you know ticking off uh, points and a lot of these points are in this article. By the way, if people want to check it out, go to checkoutyourpartner.com. You know, suspicions of infidelity usually begin with circumstantial evidence such as you know spouse comes home smelling like you know perfume or what have you, or there's inexplicable birth control discovered or scratches or bruises. Uh, inexplicably uh, showing up on a on, on the spouse's body, or they're taking, you know, they're lying about a sick day or personal day from office, or they're caught sneaking out of the house, or what have you, or their credit card charges uh, for unknown gifts and travel, etc. You know, unexplained hangups and wrong numbers coming into the house, or uh, you know, on the on the telephone bill, what have you. These are all this kind of stuff, uh, Nancy. I mean, you see this. Every single day, uh, and right. um, I, so people I, come I, in with those very things and other things, and they say this doesn't seem normal. This isn't typical. Changes in behavior. Uh, the first thing that alerts the spouse usually to some kind of infidelity, and then um, you know, then either uh, you can go simple and uh, look at um, you know phone records, texts, and things like that, or emails if you if the party has, if the person has access. Or, but then hire, hire, I'm, I do this routinely, hire private investigators or um, get forensic accountants to do, to track, uh, you know, bank accounts and determine where money got 
you know, if money got transferred to certain accounts uh, to see if it went to somebody else's account or um, things like that. So there's a lot of things you can do to find out if you it's the initial suspicions and your list, probably your comprehensive checklist to say, you know, these are things that should alert you that something may be going on and you can go deeper once, yeah. once that you see some of these kind of warning signs. Yeah, I mean, the, the cases I get, you know, when I'm asked to do some surveillance and the client comes and says, look, I'm pretty sure, I'm certain that this, you know, my husband is cheating or my wife is cheating on me. Actually, I've had a lot of interesting, I had a lot of cases where the, the husband's hiring me and the woman is cheating. But, uh, and so they come sure, and say, I'm, 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 I'm certain <laughs> she's cheating on me. Uh, you know, I'd like you to do, I, I just need peace of mind to know. Because in some of these jurisdictions, uh, the fault issue isn't necessarily play into the legal arena, no? I mean, is, right. Is, Right. Well, we're in a no-fault state, but that really is kind of a misnomer because it just means you don't need to prove fault when you file. Unlike um, you had to do in New York up until recently, I believe a year or two ago, you had to prove fault before you could actually even get the divorce, which seems very archaic, and we got rid of that a long time ago. However, fault, according to our statutes, does come into play um, when a judge makes a decision, decision in a trial as to what, how the assets are split or how much alimony or anything. Child support, too, right? I mean, some of this, some well, of this plays into the child support. If a, if, a, if a spouse is proven to be, you know, having reckless or, or bad behavior outside, uh, if you can show that, that would be, that would inure positively to your client, wouldn't it? Well, child support is the one thing that's mandated state by state, and there's guidelines, and we have them in Connecticut. Uh, the child support guidelines, which have not been updated, but will be updated recently, I believe. And they're, they're the only thing that really won't change due to fault. Um, custody will. If there's not, not so much fault like a, a spouse cheating, that doesn't change the custody. But obviously, fault is in terms of parenting. You know, if there's, if there's a problem with parenting, that greatly affects, um, you know, uh, custody. However, yeah. the things that, that a judge can look at are the alimony and the assets uh, in determining if fault will they'll make a decision that, you know, somebody will get more of the assets or pay longer alimony or pay more alimony. Um, but not so much child support. Child support is pretty pretty you know, no matter what a guy or a woman or man does, uh, child support should be should not be affected by a personal fault between the spouses. But the the custody issue itself. I mean, obviously, if there's oh, yeah. real bad behavior, if we can show, you know, somebody's, you know, got a gambling addiction or a substance abuse addiction, or is, or is, uh, sure. you know, oh, has God, physical, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, done some criminal acts, that stuff, right. then of uh, well, it's huge. all about in, that, in custody cases. It's all about the best interest of the children. And if something somebody does something wrong, um, obviously, if they're cross dressing and doing that, you know, um, downtown Manhattan, and, and that doesn't involve the children, that's not that's not an issue. Might that might affect custody? However, if you're a substance abuser, or if you're reckless, or if you're drinking and driving, or if um, you know you're obviously harming the children in any way, that's going to be uh, hugely impact. Um, you know, what's in the best interest of the children, and what what happens in custody. Yeah, right. All right. Good. We're gonna we're gonna have to take another break here, Nancy, and uh, um, we'll be back in two minutes. Okay. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Our highly competitive business world is fraught with risks and challenges. Critical business decisions must be made on a daily basis with precision when significant capital is at risk. When your organization is faced with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Marquet International, global experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Marquet International professionals assist organizations with vetting key individuals and businesses as well as conducting sensitive employee or executive misconduct investigations. Our experts work with corporate counsel to develop facts and intelligence related to parties and circumstances in litigation, including conducting interviews, deep background investigations, and asset recovery inquiries. We are recognized in the area of fraud investigations, response and business controls consulting. When circumstances require sensitive and professional fact-finding, turn to Marquet International, world leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit MarquetInternational.com or call 617-733-3304. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Fraud Talk with Chris Marquet. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to Chris at marquetinternational.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at M-A-R-Q-U-E-T international.com. Now, back to Fraud Talk. And welcome back, Fraud Talkers. I am your host, Chris Marquet, and we are on the Voice America Business Network. And my guest today is attorney Nancy Aldrich of the firm Aldrich & Aldrich out of Westport, Connecticut. Uh, welcome back, Nancy. Thank you. So, you know, we've been talking about relationship fraud and, you know, a lot of the divorce work you do where a lot of the cases involve, you know, uh, a, you know, somebody, a spouse cheating or an emotional cheating or they're hiding money or they're doing something. Um, what about, you know, pre-marriage? You, you, I assume you get into some cases where it's, you know, you're writing prenups and, and doing things, uh, you know, and there are cases of online dating fraud. Uh, you, you must have a, a story along that line. Sure, yeah. No, we do prenups. And so often, um, you know, we're involved with people before they get married. And actually, uh, my partner, my brother, specializes more in the prenups area. His contract, and he obviously uh, does more of that. Um, however, um, people come to us and they want to know, um, and they would do well to hire your services a lot, but we don't provide that <laughs> to do a search. But usually I recommend that they um, know who their partner is and, um, you know, know, we have to know everything about their finances and should, they, should do, they should employ some kind of search. They don't often do that. Many people, you know, as they're going into the, the about to be married, they don't really want to know and don't want to do a lot of that stuff. And They don't want to hear it. No, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Their brother, everyone's telling them, this, this person's trouble. Right. 
but we have uh, found that uh, every now and then, and we have some, you know, cases in, in that we've come across where we have uh, urged them to do that, and they have found that there's a different persona out there that they didn't know about, either somebody that has, you know, again, a lot of times they, they go back to the family of origin, and there's uh, some serious issues in the family of origin, either, you know, substance abuse issues or physical abuse issues, mental health issues, which one should just tell their spouse. Um, and then there's financial issues. People haven't had jobs for years. They think they're just temporarily out of work or, um, you know, there's fraud in that area. There's been fraud, we found, in where people say they went to college. Uh, yeah. There's been fraud in... Um, well, Nancy, in there was a case, uh, there's a case, I think you may have heard this story about this, you know, Wellesley woman back back in the day, a yeah. uh, friend yeah. of uh, your all who knew, who apparently was, she thought she was dating this guy who was at Harvard and this and that and... She was about, you know, they'd set the wedding date and all this, this craziness. Turns out the guy was complete and utter fraud. Right, right. Uh, but so, so I mean, you get cases of where the, you know, the guy, you know, presumably more often than not, probably, you know, hasn't worked. You know, he's not whatever he claims to be. Right. They, the funniest you know, one I had was that uh, there was one where um, a woman was marrying who she was told was uh, the Duke of Alba. <laughs> and that was, and uh, the, the the parents actually didn't quite believe it, and they were the ones that prompted uh, investigation. It's uh, and it turns out, of course, the guy was not the Duke of Alba, and <laughs> the wedding was called off. But it was quite a good story for quite a while, and everyone believed it. And he um, was preparing for a very big wedding over, I believe, in Spain, and you know, so it was all a fraud. The guy uh, was completely uh, lying. So there are a lot of funny stories like that, which isn't so funny for the, for the people. I mean, you got to, you got to, like you got to, I mean, Nancy, you got to wonder what, what what would they expect is going to happen after the marriage? I mean, what, I mean, I know. what are they going to, you know, and how is this thing supposed to sustain itself? I mean, it's just amazing to me. I know. But there are people that are chronic, you know, um, narcissistic or pathological borderline people who, have these uh, things that they almost believe. And so many of my cases involve people that uh, have mental health issues, that there is a lot of, you know, kind of fraud that goes on in what people know about their spouse prior to uh, getting married and also during the marriage. A lot, a lot of, it's, it's amazing to me often how little spouses know their other spouse, you know, how, so- how little they know about them and how what many deep, dark secrets that, that are out there that they discover either when they're going through the divorce process, more often than not, or uh, which causes them to go through the divorce process because they find out something pretty devastating, you know? Yeah. So you also, we were talking about, you know, um, you know, in that divorce process or, in a, you know, the, somebody's hiding money uh, inevitably there, or, or it's an international case that they, they run off, a spouse runs off with a kid to a foreign country. And uh, you, you have a number of cases like that. Tell us about, uh, we've, we've got two minutes left here. Tell okay. us about one of those cases. You have cases. a lot of cases that involve international things. And yes, I've had uh, scary cases involving fear of uh, children being um, taken to countries that aren't in the Hague Convention so that we would not be able to recover them. And those are the scariest cases. So passports need to be held, and I've had hearings over that. And uh, then there are case, many cases of people um, hiding money in the Cayman Islands or other countries where they're residents that I, I'm unable to often track it, but sometimes I have been successful. Or properties that they own in other countries. Very hard to tra- trace that if you don't know or the trust doesn't know. But I've, I've had a lot of cases involving 
multiple properties in multiple countries, and those are all assets, assets right. of the marriage, especially if they've been purchased during the marriage, because in our state, um, you know, we're an equitable distribution state, and anything that comes in during the marriage period, period is fair game. But so they set up a different are, LLC for every property. How do you pierce yeah. through that? Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's uh, you know, you hire specialists, and I almost always hire forensic accountants to find out those things and find out how much is real or legitimate business, which most of them are not, if they're properties uh, and they're personal properties. And then we have to figure out how to trace them. And the LLCs are the most difficult things. And sure. sometimes I've dealt with cases that involve literally hundreds of LLCs. And yeah. uh, they're very tough, but you write language in an agreement that covers you in the event any of these um, happen in the future. And you just hope that you're through a tax return or something in the future, even after a divorce, that you can be able to trace these and, and go back and get money for your spouse, for your person. Right, so right. So it's not easy. These are complicated, um, very complicated issues, and I always employ experts to help me because I can't be expected to know every tax issue and every corporate issue, and, and people are very helpful out there, as well as, obviously, therapists and psychiatrists that I use, too, you know, to help me with these cases. Yeah, I mean, I found myself holding hands of people or like, you know, going through these issues and, and I've, I'm being the amateur psychologist uh, <laughs> in cases like that. Uh, it's tough. I mean, it's draining. It I mean, I it find in some I of these cases. My clients and I like, you know, I like helping my clients and I like being there for them. And that's a big part of who I am and why I like my business. But I'm not an expert in that. And they have to know that and know that I'm not going to be able to help them in that area and you need to hire uh, you need to have them hire or you need to hire special psych- psychological experts to go through yeah. some of this some of these processes well, you know? you've got a big heart Nancy and but uh, on the, and when you get in that courtroom uh, Nancy is a bulldog so uh, <laughs> uh, like I said one of the best uh, divorce lawyers in the country Nancy Aldrich uh, Nancy we're going to have to uh, end it there I really appreciate you joining me today and thank you Right, yeah. and uh, just uh, join us next week, another edition of Fraud Talk, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 a.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll be talking about, we'll do a little bit more preview, I think, of the uh, 2013 Marquet Report on embezzlement, but also we'll be talking with uh, an intellectual property attorney by the name of Harley Lewin out of New York uh, on the topic of counterfeiting and gray markets and theft of intellectual property and such. So thank you again, Nancy, for joining us. I am your host, Chris Marquet. We look forward to having everybody back next week. Thank you for listening to Fraud Talk this week. Please join Chris Marquet again next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Don't become a victim of fraud. Tune in for another show soon. 